0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Immaculate Perception Sports Podcast, where we talk all things sports. Uh, I am Bitboy, along with uh, my two co-hosts, Armando
1: and Andy. Uh, how are you guys doing? How was your week? Pretty good, man. I'm kind of hungover because I went to a birthday party, and it's obviously it's St. Patty's Day today, so going to another barbecue. But I don't know. I'm here, so hey,
2: <laughs> there you go. I'm alive and grateful, Ben. I'm doing all right and uh, happy to talk talk sports and chop up from free agency. All right, yeah. man, oh man,
0: man I got man. I got an exciting announcement today. Right after we record this podcast, I'm heading to the Atlanta Legends game. I'm going to the AAF what? game today. Yeah,
1: this is great. Our, so. You're going to be representing our podcast at the first AAF game.
0: Absolutely, you guys know. Last week, I got my Atlanta Legends hat. Today, I'm going to get. Atlanta Legends tickets, taking the whole cool. family, all five of us, going down to the game. So, take nice. some
1: video and we'll do a little clip for people. Yeah, for sure. So,
0: and I'm pretty excited to be able to take the whole family, like basically for all five of us to go. It's gonna be like 125 bucks. You know, like you're lucky to get oh one gosh. ticket for that. Seriously? You know, it like for the Falcons games, if you want upper level, like you can, you can, you can, you, can, you know, pay 70 or 80 bucks and and be up at the top, but. You know, we're going to be down like real close to the field, 125 bucks for five people, you can't really beat it. So, uh wow. Yeah, excited to do that. So, well, let's do it. Let's let's talk about some AAF. Uh my Atlanta Legends did get their first victory last week with Aaron Murray starting, so uh that that was pretty exciting. We've had a shakeup, a huge game last night. I think both you guys had a chance to watch it between the Apollos and the Hot Shots. So, what do you guys think about the last game? Kind of a controversial ending. Um you know, and like I said, shake up in the in the AFL or AF. I mean. First,
1: I think it's great. <clears throat> we don't have an undefeated team for the first yeah. season of the AF, so I think that's important. Like, listen, the Apollos sh- could have won, right? They could have. I-, I will give Gilbert credit still. That guy can throw the rock. Mm. Um, because he remember he was just tossing it. They were driving down yep. the field. I don't even know how many how much seconds they had on the clock. But Ben, you said we were talking off the show because I didn't really. I saw the highlights, but at the end. They had four or five seconds on the clock or something. They were on the five. They had a chance to score, but they had a false start, and because of that, it ran out the clock and the, the game was over, right? That's pretty much what happened.
0: Yeah, that that's what happened. So I thought the game was over. I guess I wasn't paying as much attention as I thought I was. I thought the game was over. Uh, I would not pay attention to the timeout situation because the Hot Shots, uh, I believe they got a sack and a fumble, and they picked the ball up. Uh, and I was like, oh, the game's over, but, you know, the Apollos still had a couple timeouts left, and they ended up getting the ball back with a minute left. And uh, there was one blown coverage, big time, by the Hot Shots, and uh, Garrett Gilbert, that's his name, right? Garrett Gilbert? Played for, the, Garrett, played Garrett, for, the, yep. uh, for Texas? Double G. Yeah, he, he threw a bomb, and the dude was wide open. Like, you've seen some of those Tyreek Hill plays, which he's also in the news, <laughs> but uh, where, like, he just gets wide open. You're like, how is he that open? It was a blown coverage, and so he got the ball. long and short it is, they ended up getting the ball down to the 4-yard line with about 12 seconds left uh, when the the play was over. So they all rushed up to spike the ball and, you know, have a couple seconds left. They had to get a touchdown, so they had to get a touchdown. And, you know, it's one of those plays where it is, if you're a fan, and we were talking on air beforehand, I've been at a game where a game ended on a 10-second runoff, and you got to be aware of that situation If you're on the offense, you have to make sure you're in sync. Like, if you don't even, like, don't even move. Like, if you're unsure of what the snap count is, do not move. You're not going to have to block anybody. It's a spike, you know? And I could see it as a fan watching the game. There were two offensive linemen that moved. And as soon as they moved, I saw the flag come out. I knew the game was over because there were no timeouts, 10-second runoff. So, yeah, it was definitely a a crazy uh, end of the game.
1: But I, I still would say that Orlando is still number one in the power rankings, oh, yeah. of course. Um, even though they lost, they still could have won. So yes. that also says a lot. I still think they're the favorite to win the league right now. But I, can we say any, any, any given Sunday in the AF? I don't know. Can
2: we? <laughs> any given <mean>, Saturday?
1: <laughs> every given Saturday or Sunday. Um, I'm really uh, pumped because uh, I just wanted to see them lose, honestly. Yeah, be- me too. Because... I don't want to. I don't want to see the AF have like an undefeated team and and be too, too like kind of like too dominant. So I think it's good for the Hotshots who needed a win. Uh, who looked they looked decent. They were competing, man. They I think the Hotshots definitely moved up the power rankings. If not, would you guys say they're close to two or three in the power rankings? The Arizona Hotshots. Well, you know
0: they had lost three in a row. Um, but going into last but, night, but this this definitely. Picks them up. I mean, I can't really think. I mean, outside the Apollos, it's kind of the has been the Apollos and everybody and else, everybody else. Yeah. and then and the Memphis Express on the bottom. Now the Atlanta Legends look like they were the bottom. Now they won two in a row. We're, we're yeah, you know if if we win today and Birmingham loses, we're tied for second. So um, and that's kind of how all the teams are. Like it's still early in the season. I mean, I guess we're about halfway through now. But um, you know, definitely one game makes a big difference. You know, right now in in your record, so
2: I'll tell you this much: I think what uh, what was big yesterday from the from the game with Arizona in Orlando uh, was that Arizona gave a blueprint for the rest of the league how to get pressure on uh, Gilbert and uh, the Orlando Apollos. Um, he looked flummoxed. Like, yeah, he he has an arm, and yeah, he might end up in the NFL next year. But they were in his face pretty much all afternoon, and so if other teams can match that same kind of intensity on the defensive line you always have a chance
1: if you can get in the quarterback's face. So um, I think Orlando
2: should be worried a little
1: bit. Then uh, let's give, uh, I think the Stallions, you know, destroyed the Memphis uh, Express last night, not destroyed. I wouldn't say, but Medenberger went down. Yeah. Uh, the Stallions who were kind of like seesawing are now, I think they won two in a row and they're looking pretty darn, darn good. I could be wrong. I think they won last week. Um, but uh, I think, you know, obviously, we do this show on Sunday, so we never get to talk about the next two games until the following week. But do you think it's smart to mention that Johnny Manziel signed with the Memphis Express last night? Do you guys realize this?
0: Yeah, well, it's it's crazy news for sure. Um, I I think the story here is not. I think the story here is not the uh, the Express. I think the story here is not really. The AAF. I, I don't think those are the sto- the, the main focus of the story. The main focus is, you know, is this Johnny Manziel's last chance at playing football? Is this the last place we'd see him play? Because he did just get kicked out of the Canadian Football League. I, I, can't, I, I can't remember exactly what it was for. Um, but, you know, NFL has abandoned him. Now, Canadian football kicked him out of the league. So, is this his last stop, his last chance? And with the Express being pretty much eliminated from contention, I mean, they would have to win out which I don't think any of us see that happening. I mean, unless Johnny football brings it back, you know, but, um, so this is really just strictly a tryout for him for the NFL, I believe.
1: Uh, man, I don't even think it's a tryout for the NFL because here's your perfect example is Hackenberg. Here's a guy that had a chance with the AAF to really prove himself and that didn't happen. And now his career is really screwed because he failed in the AAF. So I think, I think the ceiling is higher for his failure than it is that he's going to succeed. Listen, this guy is the worst character guy. Memphis Express are are really, I guess, they need some kind of spark, and this I think will do it. But oh, yeah. Do you think he's gonna? I I just I have a bad feeling about this. Well, that's I think where it's where I'm. That's where I'm going. With I think
0: it. it's not. I don't think it's about a spark for the football team. I think the football team probably realizes that. You Know that they're all a lot of these guys are playing for paychecks and they're playing to try to crawl their way back to the NFL. Um, and so I don't think this move is a you know about giving them a spark, I think it's about like okay, we're already going to be out of it. How can we get people to still come to our football game?
1: Well, that's true too, but uh, don't forget the coach has got a you know, these AF coaches aren't off the hook, yeah. S- uh, Singletary's. Like dying to not get fired in the AAF after one season. <laughs> so, um, because listen, the Express have been the joke, kind of. The, yeah. the, and now they're the I'm so glad because it started out as
0: us. We were the joke at first. And I'm glad we moved out
1: of the joke. Well, now they are the Browns, or how the Browns used to be portrayed of the AAF. Or the Jets. I, I, or the Jets. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't – what I do know, which is interesting, is that there was a waiver <clears throat> wire for Johnny Manziel. Guess who had the opportunity to sign him first was the Commanders. Mm-hmm. So the Commanders were like, we're San good. San Antonio. It was, yeah, like, the Commanders where from. In Santa- Yeah. Oh, oh, right. But they were like, nah, we're, <laughs> no we're good on the quarterback. And then next up was the Express, and they signed him right away. So there is a waiver wire in the AAF. So – He'll move the
2: chains. He might even be one of the fastest players on the field when he steps on there, yeah. provided he's not out of shape. So he'll, he'll move money. He'll get people in seats. He might even win him a game or two with his legs. Uh, I think it's an overall win. Uh, I hope he doesn't blow this third or fourth chance now with professional football and we'll see what happens.
1: All right.
2: Well, very, very interesting,
0: you know, just kind of continue on about the AF here um, this week. I I listen to sports talk radio. It's all I listen to. You know, um, I have XM radio specifically, so I can always have good sports talk on. And uh, Which is so weird when, like, the four channels I listen to are all on commercial at the same time. That drives me crazy. But anyways, uh, Oliver Luck was on, um, I think it was Mad Dog Sports Radio. Do you guys know who Oliver Luck is?
2: <clears throat> I, I know Oliver father, right? What's that? The Andrew Luck's father? Yeah,
0: Andrew Luck's father. Weird, um, he, he was in charge of NCAA enforcement for a while, which was very interesting. Uh, they were talking about that in regards to the college cheating scandal. <laughs> it's like real, really more Hollywood than sports, but college sports were involved. Um, and he's also uh, I, the commissioner of the AAF. So I don't know if you guys knew that. But he was talking about um, the league in general, and he had a couple interesting comments. I just kind of wanted to mention it because... One specifically really backed up something we talked about on the show, which is he said the weakest position in the AAF and what makes some sloppy football right now is the offensive line, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you're right. So I thought it was just kind of like confirmation of like stuff we talked about on the show, which was cool. And then clearly Oliver's listening to the podcast. A hundred percent. He's totally. he's got to be in the AAF subreddit, right? But anyways, <laughs> but uh, one of the other things he was talking about was just talking about the general interest in AF and talking about the XFL coming in. And he made a great point. He said, you know, a lot of people see the AF and the XFL as rivals and that they will be rivals when they come out and that, you know, they'll be going on at the same time that people will either pick one or the other. And he said, people are looking at this wrong. You know, they're not our rival per se. It's more like think about college football. Like when the SEC plays the ACC, like, they're rivals. Yeah. Like, they don't really like each other. The teams don't like each other specifically, but there's plenty of room for people to watch ACC and SEC football. I mean, if there's a great game in either one, you know, we're, we're watching it. So I just—I really enjoyed hearing that and thinking about kind of the long-term prospects of the league and stuff like that. I mean, I think there's going to be around for a long time because football is peaking right now, even though, you oh, know, yeah. some defensive changes have irritated me, but— I,
1: I also think digital media and digital content is really making spring football a possibility as well. And listen, we're, if we're making it that far to next year to talk about the XFL AF, there's going to be players that get cut from the AF picked up, at yeah. the XFL cut at the XFL back and forth. It's a, a smart move for both leagues. They're going to be, you know, these players are being like, okay, I just got cut from this AF team. Let me try out for this XFL team. Maybe it'll give me a shot. Cause I did have the good game the first week, but I, you know, shit in yeah. the bed the rest of the time. Um, so not only is it great for recruiting for football, but they're going to be building their own kind of like, yes, rivalry, but there's going to be back and forth, and people are going to go to different teams. I would love in 10 years hearing the XFL, AAF are merging to compete with the NFL. That would be something. Oh, man. And then have the
2: championship between the NFL champion a, oh, man. That the would never NFL, happen. So, hybrid would never happen. The NFL, hybrid league. NFL would not
0: give them credibility like
1: that. Before we move on, let's go back to the history of the NFL. The NFL or the NFC, I guess it was called the NFL at the time or whatever, was really uh, one league. And then the AFL right. came in the early 60s, and they were just like the AF, but they really wanted to compete with the NFL. They did so well that they took teams from the AFL, merged it, the Jets were the first team to win the Super Bowl as an AFC team, and they proved that the merger worked. That's why the Joe Namath Super Bowl is so important, right. because they were the first. No one believed that the, an AFC team would win the Super Bowl after the merger happened. They're like, there's no way. The Colts are going to kill the Jets. There's no way. Namath's like, ah, here you go. <laughs> Super Bowl Jets. But I guarantee it.
2: <laughs> I guarantee
1: it. The ceiling is high for spring football, Ben. I guess that's my, my point. There could be so much potential for this stuff. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Well, do you, you have a rant for us this week?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, well, I'm going to bring it back to um, Johnny Manziel. And I'm just going to look at you, Johnny. Johnny, this is your chance, buddy. This is your chance to step up and be a good person. You're back in America. You left Canada, right? Here you are playing for my Memphis Express, or the AKA the Jets of the AF. And I really, I really hope you do well. But I have a feeling, and I'm going to predict this his first game, three interceptions. Mm. On my rant, I'm predicting three interceptions in his first AF game. How many interceptions will Johnny Manziel have in his first AF game, Armando?
2: I will say that he will have one interception. And two touchdowns, one throwing, one running. He will have more touchdowns than picks. Okay.
0: I also am going to go with one interception because as bad as the hands of the receivers are in the AAF, the hands of the DBs are even worse. So I'm going to say two go through the hands of the DBs. Um, But but to close it
1: all out, I just want to say um, it's good for the league. It's, it's, It's going to be interesting. And this is what now Tim Tebow. Hello. Why don't you come over here? I would love to see you. Yeah. I would love to see Vince McMahon say, "Hey, Tebow, I'm bringing you in," and Tebow says, "Yes." Yeah, you I want to see Tebow be... play again. Come God, on. I
2: love, I love Tebow. Dude. I think dude, he's all I... in though on, on baseball with the Mets. I think he's. Is he I...
1: going to actually play? Like, they... Is he going to get up there?
0: I mean, he's starting on the 40-man spring training roster, right?
1: I have looked at his batting average, and it does gradually get better every season he's been playing. I noticed that. Is he playing right now uh,
2: on the The major league level for the Mets? I think he—they just recently had their cuts, and so they demoted players to AAA, and I think he's on the AAA uh, team for the Mets. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right, he is. But he's
1: not—he hasn't been brought up yet.
0: The Mets, five days ago, he was reassigned to the minor league camp. But he was—I mean, he's going to start in AAA, you know? I mean— he, he's got a shot. To, he, but you know what? He's a very— it, Like, if there was ever a time for Tim— We're getting, like, kind of off-topic here, but if there was ever a time yes. for Tim Tebow to become a professional baseball player, it's right now in this current league environment where it's— we don't really care how many times you strike out or how many times you pop up. As long as you hit us, like, 20, 25, 30 home runs a year, it, that's what he is. He's a power hitter, you know? He's hit several home runs in minor leagues. Uh, you know, including some, I think he had some walk, like a walk-off homer or two, maybe in his first game. I can't remember. It was some, ma- you know, magical Tim Tebow stuff, you know. And so, you know, he, he really fits what a lot of the major league teams look for now. So. And
2: I think now, just really quick, uh, because he's, he, now he seems to be sold out on baseball, that if he was to go back to football, any kind of credibility he's earned over the last couple of years, gone. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Probably. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Tebow is kind of like, I'm not into baseball, so it's like, uh, it's kind of like, man, he, he'll he have a career in baseball, but he'll never be a superstar in baseball. I don't think so. Not true.
2: Uh, it, Modern he, technology and medicine, you can play to like your mid, mid to late 30s.
1: Well, I'm not talking about how old and long he can play. I just don't think he'll be like – you know anything special? In if he starts, like he's a huge his draw. His challenge should be in football. If,
0: if he if he makes the team, it, he, and he plays on a major league level, he will be a draw every single stadium the Mets go to, including uh, the. He'll Mets.
1: be a draw, hundred percent. But listen, you can he, only you, do he's a not going to be an all star. So yeah, yeah, you can only I agree. Draw so far, so.
0: but who knows? I don't know. We we all put limits on Tim Tebow, uh, and he seems to always, you know, when he first started this thing, it was a joke. You know, like everybody's like, oh, he's going to play baseball now, whatever. Now he's, you know, he was on the major league team for spring training. He's been demoted to AAA, but, you know, he'll probably stay at A and he'll have a shot to come up if he has a good season. So, well, let's move on to our uh, our Twitter shout-outs where we pick out some people on Twitter that we want to shout out. Uh, I'll start this week. So I'm actually going to start with uh, somebody who celebrated a day this week that I didn't even really know existed, um, which was, uh, what's today's date? Let me look. Hold on. Yes, Today, it was yesterday. St.
1: Patrick, Patrick's Day. Today's Sunday. St.
0: Patrick's Day. Yesterday was Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Uh March 16th, 316. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it was. His his Twitter handle is at Steve Austin BSR, And you know, he's a guy that, you know, we don't talk about wrestling. I don't watch wrestling. I watched wrestling when I was a kid, but um, you know, he he, he had a big impact on you know culture and entertainment. For sure. Uh, He was really the person that got the WWE back on track when it was WWF, um, which was competing against my beloved WCW, which I pretty much quit watching wrestling when it it ended. Um, But yeah, you know, just a crazy character. He's been in action movies. He kind of, you know, was one of the first ones to kind of start that trend, moving over to to movies and stuff like that. So just wanted to shout him out. uh, You know, impact on my childhood. So, 316 yesterday.
1: I'm going to just quick off of your you're a little mention there um because i used to work in reality tv i knew someone that was working on his show and i just want to say something nice that i've heard about him that it was someone's birthday on the crew so steve austin gave his assistant his credit card and said pay for the whole crew at this bar just take my card and spend and i heard he's a super fun guy he's a guy you want to drink a beer with man like um and i'm a big wrestling fan i came from that i, I i'm glad you mentioned that um, but for me, I'm going with uh, a jet wide receiver, and you guys know him because he's a great fantasy catch. It's Robbie Anderson, undrafted, uh, was undrafted by the Jets, and and you know became a pretty damn good receiver in his only like three seasons. Uh, but the thing, and why I'm shouting him out is because Robbie Anderson is known for just posting tweets that don't make any sense, are spelled wrong, and the grammar's bad. So I'll give you one one that uh, I like the most that he did recently. It's, he said, "I like when the sun stay out later." Uh, here's another one. Which one y'all like better? Target or Walmart? Um, and you're talking like he gets like ridiculous engagement. So shout out to you, Robbie Anderson. I love your tweets. So that's my shout out today.
2: <laughs> Lotto oh, <that's> tweets. Awesome. Check <laughs> <laughs> kids. Uh, so my uh, Twitter shout out today is going to be uh now uh without question the current best player on the New York Giants roster and that would be number 26 first round pick of last year Saquon Barkley at Saquon S A Q U O and this guy's a class act top to bottom he's a recent father and uh does wonderful things for the community and he balls uh he is a tremendous athlete and uh he might be the next big thing in the NFL if not already offensive rookie of the year last year and the only thing that's keeping me from changing, I actually got heard. It.
0: I heard somebody this week talking about the Giants should trade him.
2: If, they, if I, the Giants trade Saquon Barkley, I might have to give up my fandom uh, and change teams. Completely. You know that's not possible, but could try.
0: I've tried to quit the Falcons many times. It doesn't. work.
1: Uh, I forgot to say Robbie Anderson's handle. It's it's young amazing nine, and he wrote today. I told myself I got to <laughs> go harder. Ain't content. I ain't did shit. I own. Want to be average greatness. All I need. That's all this. Freaking pin tweet. I love this guy. So uh, I almost
2: spit out my drink just now.
1: <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it's like on the Jets Reddit, it's like a running joke. We're like, we love this guy, but man, he can't, <laughs> we can't spell for the life of him. But shout out to Robbie, man. He's a baller.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, well, the main thing going on this week, uh, we do got the NCAA tournament coming up, which is going to be big. The selections are going to be tonight. By the time you guys are listening, you'll already know the number one seeds. Um, You know, so we may touch on that a little bit. At least get everybody's prediction for who's going to win um, at the end of the show. But the main story going on right now is NFL free agency. It's been absolutely yeah. out of control. And it's been very interesting to watch over the last 10 to 15 years how the NFL has strategically placed all of their major events uh, around other big sporting events so they can keep the attention on them. So, you know, training camp and rookie camps and stuff is going on during the NBA Finals. The NBA draft is going on, or the NFL drafts. Is going on during the uh, NBA playoffs. We got free agency the week leading up to the NCAA tournament. So you know, is definitely the the king of all sports here for sure in terms of, of media coverage. But you know, there were so many big signings this week. Some kind of controversial things. Um, some big trades. And so it's just very interesting. So I got I got a question I want to pose to you guys right now. Uh, yeah. Which of these two teams is going to have the better season? the New York Jets or the Cleveland Browns the perennial cellar dwellers of the NFL and some people are picking the Browns to go to the Super Bowl saying they should definitely win the AFC North um i think if the patriots were not in the AFC East maybe that would be a different conversation for them but what do you guys think uh one word who's having the better better uh season this one year word? jets or browns oh, um
1: I'll go first since I'm a big Jets fan, and I'm biased here, but I'm going to be honest. The Jets have made some really fantastic moves. C.J. Mosley. I forget the name of the guard they got. The starting guard, uh, pro, pro bowler from the Raiders, which they needed a line help. Assembly? They got, yeah, I yeah. Assembly. That's, I think that's it. They got um, another corner. I forgot his name, but Barr was a situation where we were going to hire that guy, but uh, he like went back to Minnesota. But the Jets and the Browns have a very similar structure right now. Both have rookie quarterbacks drafted in the same or not, not all, not rookies anymore, but both are similar. You know, they both had a, people feel good about both of them going into the futures. Right. Yeah. Uh, You know, now they got a great wide receiver on the Browns, but we got Le'Veon Bell and two great receivers on the Browns, two great receivers on the Browns, but nothing is better for a young quarterback than a running back. Uh, Yeah. uh, I agree. Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) So Darnold and the Jets win on the running back. On the receiver side, the Browns win for sure. So I don't think the Browns are going to the Super Bowl, but I think we're going to see some interesting uh, parallels to the Jets and Browns this season. So I'm going to say that they're both very even, if, that, if that's fair to say.
2: So you think they'll end up with a similar record? All right, I'm totally yeah. going to disagree with you on that one, Andy. Uh, yeah. I am going to say if the Patriots aren't in the AFC East, I pick Jets all the way. Um, I think just the pure dysfunction of Pittsburgh – uh, Baltimore hemorrhaging a lot of their starters and Cincinnati being a dumpster fire. Uh, I think Cleveland's just going to win out just by default. Um, however, uh, chemistry matters. And as a Giants fan, born and bred my entire life, I have seen firsthand what OBJ does to chemistry uh, and locker rooms and Bad um, character, right? He, he's, you know, when you, when you show up in, in a hotel room in a foreign country with a white powder on your face. It's uh, just not a good look. And so, um, you know, he's already dyed his hair blonde. It's just a matter of time before he dyes his mustache, a la Antonio oh, Brown. Gosh, the walrus. Um, <laughs> watch the very first time Baker Mayfield misses a wide-open throw to OBJ or the mm-hmm. first time OBJ runs the wrong route and Baker turns into him. It's going to be explosive, and it will not end well. Mark my words.
1: I, I think that that's, that's another difference is that the Jets are bringing in, besides Le'Veon Bell, the Jets generally don't have a lot of character guys anymore. Now, the Browns are full of – you know, not – Darold is a good quarterback, but he's not like our crazy little star in the Browns quarterback. Like, he's a little, you know, Mm -hmm. hot-headed. He's like Johnny Football, but better, you know. Um, But I I just – I just obviously see you're right, Armando, because of the division, the Browns might be more successful in a a sense that they might win the division, Mm -hmm. go to the playoffs. The Jets might get screwed because – here we are. I've been in the same division with Tom Brady for like 20 years. It's fucking I'm sorry, I almost cursed. It's it's uh it's fun. Know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be a Jets fan <laughs> for the last 20 years. So that imagine that, right? But for the first time in a long time, I feel like the Jets are really going <clears throat> in the right direction. And that goes along with the Browns, whether or not they have a character guy. Um they're both gonna be better teams next year. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm Absolutely. actually
0: going to make a bold prediction right here, right? The, now. Jets, right? the right. Browns will be in the AFC championship game this year. Get a wow. bold prediction. Wow. Out of here. Listen, and I want you to hear me out on this. Without Odell and without Kareem Hunt, okay, which Kareem Hunt will be on the Browns after the eighth game if his suspension does not get reduced. So what that means is you're gonna have a fresh running back who has shown last year was one of the best in the NFL coming in after sitting out for almost a whole year. So he might be a little rusty, but Le'Veon Bell is going to be dealing with the same thing. But I'm going to say this. If Baker Mayfield had started every game for the Browns last year, they would have won that division. Or they may not have won the division, they would have made the playoffs because they only would have needed two more wins. So, and and they tied against Pittsburgh with Tyrod Taylor. Um, and, uh, you know, Hugh Jackson as the coach. If Hugh Jackson did not coach at all last year, they also may have made the playoffs last year. You've got... You have the most dynamic offense in the NFL right now. On paper. On paper, yes, I agree. It's I agree. On paper. But but you have but you have players like David Najoku uh, at tight end has already proven to be productive, not just on paper. You've got Nick Chubb who has shown he is going to probably be one of the best running backs in the NFL. I like uh, Chubb. Yeah. Yeah, Chubb is really in in the helmet business. Chubb is like the hottest NFL helmet, or one of the hottest, uh, you know, of the younger players, along with Baker Mayfield. Um, you, you also have Jarvis Landry, who is a proven wide receiver in the league. So you're adding OBJ, and you're saying, okay, now, regardless of OBJ's production, he's going to take all of the double teams immediately. All of these other players are going to have free reign to be one-on-one, and there's not defense in the NFL that can cover all those guys. You know, that they, they don't really exist. And you look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs have now lost. Uh, everybody would have said last year the Chiefs were the most dynamic offense in the NFL. They lost Cream Hunt. Which yes, you know Spencer Ware and whoever the other guy—I can't remember the other guy. Williams, uh, I think it's
2: yeah, Terrence Williams, or yeah,
0: exactly, something like that. I don't even know who he is. Like, yeah, they're decent running backs, but they're not Kareem Hunt. And now you're looking at the Chiefs possibly losing Tyreek Hill as well um, from some character issues stemming from uh, he, apparently he broke his kid's arm, uh, domest- what? domestic abuse stuff. There's a lot of rumors going around about it right, oh, right. now. The police, the police stuff is not 100% confirmed. He hasn't been arrested. We're starting to hear kind of the same things that we were hearing about Adrian Peterson when he went through his stuff. And so it's very doubtful that he's going to be able to be there for all the games. Yeah. Um, and Baker Mayfield is a stud of a quarterback. I mean, he whooped us last year. So, um, yeah, that's my bold prediction. Browns to the AFC Championship game. You, 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 if you go with any team other than the, you know, Patriots to win the AFC, that's just silly until it doesn't happen. But, you know.
1: I would love to see a Jets-Browns playoff game if both yeah. teams make it to the playoffs. That would be an awesome game. But I will say and admit, on paper, I think the Browns are better. <laughs> but I think people should watch out because the Jets, people are forgetting about our defense. And we have the third pick in the draft. Yeah. So we, we might build get... our defensive line. Uh, Williams, I want to get Williams. The uh, Williams. lineman? Yeah. Um, the Jets are always into like big linemen, and we need to get – even though he's not an outside pass rusher he's a beast but i think the jets might even you know trade back and i'm okay with that too so don't forget the jets have a good position to really um really upgrade in the draft as well i don't know how the browns
2: yeah so the browns uh gave the giants their first round pick in this year's draft a third round pick in this year's draft and jabril peppers a recent first round draft pick yeah. from university of michigan uh go wolverines um, you know what, it, to, to, to help supplant, uh, to fortify the back end of the defense because Landon Collins went to the Washington uh, Sunburns. And so uh, <laughs> I think they got plenty of value uh, from that. And to get rid of the cancer and the headache, um, I think it is is fantastic for the Giants. So, so
0: the the Browns will not be picking until pick number 49.
1: Ooh, you see, that's, now, now, now. the third round? No, no that's second the second. Round. Before we second. get out of this topic, though, because we didn't talk about how the Jets on paper have a chance to upgrade before, and, and the Browns are staying the way they are. After we're done with free agency, the Jets on paper, after all that said and dead, might look a little more, a little more exciting than the Browns. When you don't have draft picks in a draft, it sucks. But they do have some, you are there loaded on offense. No, and no, deep. Nobody
0: looks, n- nobody's going to look good on paper compared to that. Like, your, you're right. your specialty weapons... I'm just a Jets fan. They have, they literally have the, <laughs> the best two wide receiver combo, uh, character issues and all that stuff notwithstanding. Landry, I who's a legit so, number push one. I got to push back
2: a little bit, Ben. I got to push back a little. Well, name him, Name them. Name I, name the two. I think well, I think Jarvis Landry's a bit overrated. I think he's a glorified possession receiver. He's not going to stretch the field, and he doesn't scare you. Yeah, can he win one-on-one within five to ten yards off the line of scrimmage? Sure.
1: You mean but like Keyshawn Johnson was a, a possession receiver his whole career? Nothing more. I,
2: like KJ, for sure. Uh, Landry doesn't scare me. Uh, is he an above-average receiver? Yes. Is he amazing? No, he's not no, amazing. I no, I, I, I think he's, he's pretty better, good. Though,
1: than most. You know, I, I, like
0: I, I think you're hard. underselling him, and I'll tell you why. Uh, who has he had throwing the ball to him up until this year?
2: Garbage. I hear you. Exactly. And, you and one of those players a better wide receiver. Uh, one change.
0: of those players throwing to him is so garbage that he got traded to be a backup, which is Ryan Tannehill. So, um, Ryan Tannehill is who Jarvis Landry started out with, and now he got traded to the Titans to be Marcus Mariota's
1: backup. Like, you know, and it, do you, <laughs> let me... I think Tannehill going to play midseason. I, I really it's do. It's possible. There's a, they, there's a reason they brought him there, because Mariota might get injured and... They want to have some really good insurance. That is probably the best backup quarterback insurance you could get. Because Tannehill can play. There's no doubt he can play. He doesn't so, deserve to go to the AAF. He deserves to stay in the NFL Ryan Tannehill. Would you say
2: who's got a better wide receiver core? How about your Atlanta Falcons, Ben? You got Julio Jones and the young guy from Alabama. Cal- well, Another- Anson no, Anson. No. Anson.
0: We We have three very good receivers. But it, it, OBJ and, and the, the top two are better than our top two which depends on, you know, Sanu and Ridley are about the same. They're totally different kind of players, but, and you know. Watch
2: OBJ tweak his ankle. I've seen that story before. It all looks great on paper. One injury and everything changes.
1: I, I, You know what? I want to say something about wide receivers. I was a wide receiver in high school. I was more. I, I started as a DB, but I was a wide receiver. And from watching football all these years and, and seeing it, these star wide receivers always, they aren't going to win you a Super Bowl. Uh, I think they'll help you, but I never consider a wide receiver worth as much as trading OBJ and taking him to the Browns. That was not a good move by the Browns, in my opinion. For the Giants, win, because you guys get a bunch of good stuff, get rid of a character guy, which I'm totally on board with the Giants about. But can you really say, tell me one receiver besides Jerry Rice that really, really you could say that guy, if we didn't have him, we wouldn't win the Super Bowl. I I, I was
2: going to say Randy Moss, but then the Patriots went 18 and 1 to my Giants in that Super Bowl.
1: That one season of Randy Moss is a good example of how one receiver can win you or get you there, but that is rare and and few and far between. Now, Julio is like that, um, right? But it's.
2: Fitzgerald with the Cardinals back in the day?
1: Right. And they did get to the Super Bowl, but you can't build a team around a wide receiver.
0: Wide receiver no. is is known to be the most overrated position so overrated in the NFL. In however, h- however, why it is very important is while OBJ's stats may not be incredible this next year, it's what he's doing to the defense to open up for the other guys. Like, his presence on the field changes the dynamics of the football game. And if he's not on the field, they can double-team Jarvis Landry, you know? And, and now you're looking at, okay, so who's your second-best receiver? Um, Njoku? And so, what's yeah. that? The right. the tight end. Yeah. Right, the tight end, but let's say they're running a you know set with no tight ends. like I don't even know who the Brown's next best wide receiver is, you know. Chubb. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> I... talking about specifically position but, but check this out guys. I, I want to I bring this one thing up. Okay, let's name, let's let's play name that quarterback. okay? okay. N- name that quarterback. As of right now, I am the number. One quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I am the starting quarterback right now for the Miami Dolphins.
1: Uh, Is it, um, who was their backup? Oh, man. I like this game. We should
2: do this more often.
1: Uh, Was it Moore? Uh, What's his name, Matt Moore? Kellen Kellen
0: Moore? No, you you have never heard of either one of these quarterbacks, probably. Who is it? You may have heard of one, but I guarantee you haven't heard of both of them. Uh, Who's the starter? Luke Falk.
1: I think I heard of him, but I don't know much. He, about I think him.
0: he was San Diego State, I believe. Um, okay. And, and then Jake Ruddick is their other quarterback.
1: I heard of him, but I don't know anything about him.
0: So, uh, well, Luke Falk was Washington State, and uh, Jake Ruddick was Michigan. So here, here's my point in this. Uh, they say that the Dolphins may not even—they were trying to get Teddy Bridgewater. The Dolphins may not even pick up another quarterback. Supposedly, they're going to. Well, I mean, they will pick up another one somewhere. But they're, it's tanking for Tua, is the Dolphins, this year.
1: They're doing what the Jets were trying to do, where like yeah. this season is very very poor in QBs in the draft. Next season's yep. supposed to be pretty good. So, hey, you're right. They might just say, you know, let's just build, grow. There's, That's good, That's good for like the Jets. The word, it's good for the Jets. I don't like the word tank, though, because a lot of people were saying that to the jets but i was like these guys are still like going out trying to win they're not i don't want them to tank yeah. you know i was really upset with jet fans when they were like we can't win this game we got to tank so we get the first pick i'm like look we didn't have to tank we still traded up and got who we needed you know well somebody but, does help, it does, it, help. It, it does help but i hate that that you know you, a football team can't come out and say we're taking this season but when you you can't say it,
2: but you can call plays from the sideline that lead to less successful. Right. Puckers. So, so Ew, that's
1: so shady. I went
0: to I went to that's the, so but it's not it's not even just on the play call level. It goes above that to your management level and the players that they're bringing in and stuff like that. Because we all know it's a thing that that they do. So I actually went last Wednesday night to the Hawks game. It's the first time I've been to a Hawks game in like two years because it's been so terrible, you know. And it's kind of inconvenient to go down there on a week night, whatever, you know. If it's football, I'd do it, but. You know, for the Hawks, not so much. And I am a Lakers fan, but I do cheer for the Hawks. They are the hometown team. Like, I would love to see Atlanta win a championship, whatever. So, uh, Trey Young was on the team. He's absolutely phenomenal. I tell you, he, seeing him in person, I think he had two points at halftime. He ended up with, like, almost 30 points in that game. You know, so uh, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, Hawks have actually a pretty bright future, I think. But my my brother that went with me, he said he's younger. He's like... Uh, He's a sophomore in college. You know, he plays for Barry College, uh, a, a local, you know, junior college or whatever. Well, it's four-year university. It's Division three, And uh, he said, you know, can you imagine being on the Hawks and having your coach come in or your management and being like, all right, guys, we're going to tank this season. I was like, that's not the way it works. You know, it, it doesn't work like that for the simple reason that you can't tell me to tank when no. my contract is up next year, you know? I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to give it everything. I'm not going to miss shots on purpose, but where it comes in is the way that this, the coaches substitute, the way that, you know, if you look at the players the Hawks brought in this year, it's nobody's. You know, we're trying to save cap space for the future and, and, and save stuff like cap that. cap space. Yeah, cap space. Right. So, you know, that's kind of the way that the tanking works. It's more of like on a macro level, not really a micro level that's kind no, of, know. you know, affecting the games or whatever. So, But it can work. It can work. It can not work for sure. Well, we're getting a little close to the end here, so I did want to bring up the NCAA tournament. I mean, you guys, I don't know how much you guys are into college basketball. Like, I'm not into college basketball, no. but I love the tournament. And so kind of leading up to the tournament, it's just because I'm so focused on football and now having the AF, you know, even more so being, you know, football extended. And then the NBA is getting hot and heavy at this time. So it's kind of like the thing where I'll watch some of the tournament games. I'll watch the Florida and uh, LSU SEC tournament game. There was a killer game coming down to the last second. Uh, They traded three-pointers three times in, like, the last 15 seconds of the game. And uh, so, you know, I've been watching. Some have been keeping up with some of the LSU drama with having to fire their coach for, you know, violations and stuff like that. But, you know, the tournament teams are getting announced tonight. So, by the time you guys listen to this tomorrow or this week, you will already know where everybody is. I want to ask you guys, who do you think is the most complete team in the tournament? Who do you guys think is going to win the uh, NCAA
1: tournament? I'll All right, start. I'll start. Wait, let me start. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, Andy, go ahead. I don't know anything about NCAA basketball. So, who do I pick? Who's, give me, like, five teams, and I'll tell you who I pick. I'll uh, be honest. I don't, watch, I, I don't watch college basketball, but I think it's cool. I'm going to be honest with you. Duke, Give me a couple
0: du- names. Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, um, uh, Gonzaga, and uh, Tennessee, LSU, with Kentucky. i
1: Stockton's alma mater, which is Gonzaga. Uh-huh. I don't know anything else. So, Armando, I think you're more of the expert. I'm going to pass it on to you.
2: Expert is way too kind, but I'm a little more. Armando,
1: known. you're the best NCAA <laughs> double. It's all over Twitter, man, that you're you hilarious. are the expert. Adamondo B. Um, so <laughs>
2: Duke, Duke's gonna win. Two words, I'll tell you why. Zion mm-hmm. Williamson. He came back from the injury. All right, there was a little bit like, okay, should we, should we wait? How long we keep him out? He came back, very first game against Syracuse, and straight dominated. Uh, none of his shoes exploded. He looked fantastic. He was dominant on both sides of, of the court. And uh, if he stays healthy, and then TJ Barris stays healthy, they might not be the most complete team. But they have by far the most talent, and they will run rough shot uh, through the NCAA tournament. They might run into uh, Gonzaga and or North Carolina, depending on how the brackets shake out. Yeah. Uh, but my pick is Duke, and frankly, it's really not even that close. And that's because Zion is 100% healthy.
0: I also am going to pick Duke. So uh, I was hoping you would pick somebody else so I could come on. But I can't like—I could play devil's advocate, but I can't inel- be intellectually honest and come in here and say that I think Duke is going to lose because I do not think they were— I will say this: If Duke, if Duke loses, period, any round, including the championship game, it is a bad coaching job by Coach K. This is the most talented team he has ever had, and I know that's a strong statement.
2: That's a that's a
0: very strong statement. This team reminds me the best uh, college basketball team I've ever seen. I watched this team live. I went to the NCAA tournament when it was in um, in Atlanta. For the Sweet 16 games was uh, Anthony Davis. Um, I think Anthony Davis, oh. Michael Gilchrist. Um, was Boogie on that team? No, Boogie that goes. was that was John Wall and Boogie was a couple years before. I don't. They didn't win, but Anthony Davis's team won. And when you went, like we went and watched them play, they were supposed to supposed to play Duke that year, but Duke lost. That was the year Duke lost uh, to number 15 seed. I think it was uh, Lafayette or whatever it was. But uh, watching that team in person was like, man, this looks like an NBA team. And watching this Duke team, it gives me that same feeling of like, man, these players are unbelievable. It just comes like when it's one game, you can have the most unbelievable players, but it is a team game, so sometimes teams will just get the chemistry going. Maybe your chemistry isn't going right one day, and you can lose. But I think Duke's definitely going to win what I want to see. This is what I want to see this year. I want to see North Carolina on one side of the bracket. I want to see Duke on the other side of the bracket, and I want to see a Duke North Carolina championship game. I don't think we've ever
2: seen that. That would be as high stakes as we've ever seen in college basketball. So that's true. And they, right now they both split. So the first time, oh, I think when Zion got injured. They were playing North Carolina. North Carolina won, and then uh, Duke traveled to Raleigh and then beat North Carolina just a couple of weeks ago. Maybe no, last that's
0: no, no. North Carolina beat Duke twice in the regular season.
2: Oh, they—North Carolina won? They—in no, no, the regular season. We just had the
0: tournament, and Duke beat them in the tournament. Okay. Yeah, so so North Carolina beat them twice without Zion. Now, granted, God. even with Zion, I believe the score was 73-74, so it was still very, very, very close. We'll wow, see. Uh, That'll be great, though.
2: That'll be great. Zion now, will be the first pick.
1: I'm sorry that—it's weird. It's like, I never got into college basketball, and I don't know why— Not the tournament? The tournament, sure, I watched, like, the tournament. But even that didn't, like, pull me in as much. And I love basketball. So I'm not sure. You know what I did love? I loved playing NCAA basketball video games. Loved that. Ed O'Bannon. Then they stopped making them. Thanks, Um, Ed. But but, um, I I think I liked college basketball more in the 90s, actually. I mean, I'm talking about, like, the Fab Five. Yeah, Michigan. What? Yeah, I mean – that's where I remember history in the NCAA. I feel like because of the problems with, you know, kids not even going to college anymore. Yeah, it's different now. It's so different and I mm-hmm. think I think that's probably where the lore I, I lost that, that feel and like like wanting to watch it. But it's exciting and you know what? Because you guys are talking about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more I'm definitely gonna pay attention. This time, so. oh, we got to do a bracket. Uh, a,
0: we, we have to do we have to do like a sure a, a bracket league or something. See if we can get doing an, an
1: immaculate thing.
2: perceptions bracket. Yeah, like, like sure. Child and figure out. How I want to do that. I'm
0: done. Yeah, let's let's do that. I we'll have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to figure it out. So, uh, we'll we'll try to, to get that going. I I remember as a kid watching uh, Christian Leitner get the Grant oh, Hill yeah. pass. And I, I watched it. I mean, I wasn't in person, you know, but I watched it live when it happened. And that was insane. I had a, I had a little bet for some baseball cards with my coach in P.E. <laughs> and he said Kentucky was going to win. And I said Duke was going to win. And so that was real cool like, for me as a kid to uh, you know feel invested like that and then see that play. I mean, that's the greatest play in basketball, in college basketball history. Everybody knows yeah. that play. So, anyways, that was cool. Well, let's get—it's the end of the show, guys. Let's face facts. Yeah. I got to get ready to go uh, to my Atlanta know, Legends— awesome. Game I'm with excited. the family. So uh, let's do our uh, our end of the show. Uh, what are we calling this segment? The end of the show, rant? The show rant? We can't <laughs> say rant. We already use Andy's rant.
1: Oh, my bad. Um, I don't know. Let's Just, call it 30 um,
0: seconds to glory. 30 seconds to glory. We all get sure. 30 seconds. How about that? All right. Okay. I'll go last. Okay. All right. You want to go first, Ben? You I'll want go first. me to go first? I'll go first. All right. Okay. All right. And I like to look at the camera when I do it.
1: Okay, just like ESPN, right?
0: <laughs> so this week, this week, Russell Westbrook got into an altercation with a fan. He used some very colorful language to describe what he would do to that fan and his fan's wife. And the fan's wife came out later that supposedly it was some either homophobic or you know vulgar or racist you know slangs that were being thrown out at Russell Westbrook. I heard the idea on Sports Talk Radio this week to basically do what the Uh, airlines do with a marshal, Just hide a fan that's a security guard somewhere in the crowd where the front row seats are. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a good solution. I think the fans need to be held accountable for some of the stuff they're saying. I know when I go to a game with my son and people are cussing and using terrible language behind me, I report them and the security guards will come over and tell them they have to tone it down. Why does that not happen on the side of the court when we have the memories of something as bad as the malice of the palace? So I think it's time the NBA actually does something to prevent fans from basically being able to say whatever they want or do whatever they want on the sidelines.
1: I'm going to go with, I had a different thing I was going to talk about. I want to talk about something that really pisses me off about watching NFL pregame shows. You do not need eight people on a table. I need four because when you have like Fox and I see there's eight guys at a fuck, I mean, sorry, I'm cursing because I'm angry. 8 I, They've been trying to tell me not to curse. Sorry guys. Um, when I see that many people, I'm already not interested. I don't need eight he- talking heads talking about football and figuring out who's going to say what. Give me four people at a-, at a table at a halftime show or a pregame show. Cannot stand more than that. They-, they always say that even on a podcast, more than five people is a little too much. So I'm talking to you, Fox, because you guys are ridiculous, and that robot's got to go. I'm done with it, all right? So let's get that robot out of there. It's so 90s and just cut down. You can't just keep bringing in people that retire and putting them on a desk. Okay, just stop. That's my rant.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, I am not going to talk about anything sports related, although it might be applicable to you, the fan, the listener. Um, This is a little bit for me as well. Um, Do what you love. You know, if that's something that you, that you're uh, that you're doing for your career right now, fine. If it's starting a podcast, if it's journaling, if it's a YouTube channel, if it's uh, walking dogs, whatever it is that that you're passionate about, do it. Uh, it's you're not going to be good at it first. You got to be bad before you're good, and good before you're great. Just do it. Uh, you never know how long you have. Uh, lives are cut too short all the time. Um, follow your passions. Do whatever it takes uh, to make that happen. And uh, find people out there that are already doing it, so you don't have to do it alone.
1: I like that, man. That was nice.
2: Doing it alone is not talking about doing guys it with around a desk. Person. You
1: know, now I feel like, darn it. Next week, I'll be motivated and I'm going to do my motiv- motivation, Armando. Uh, but I, Ben, I, before, I, before you close out. Oh, sorry. Armando, go ahead.
2: Now, it's just
1: you know what, uh, what you I'm working say, on. Some,
2: I'm working on some things myself on a personal level. And after we're done, I need to do some of the stuff I'm talking about. So it's a good, good reminder,
1: for by me. the way. Because I was kind of hung over today, I didn't really get to go at it with you. So I apologize for that. But I do want to mention to all of our our new listeners or people that are listening, you know, we do have a Twitter. It's the I-P-P-O-D or the I-P-Pod. And that's our Twitter. Uh, Every Monday, we post a link to our anchor and our YouTube channel. Check it out. And we're going to do a little bit more tweeting. And of course, we'll let you know about the bracket thing. But just wanted to shout out our socials. So there you go, buddy.
0: Love it, guys. Love it. I love it. Alright, guys. Well, that was 30 seconds to glory and then uh, Andy getting his extra 30 seconds as he always loves to do. So. <laughs> I know. I don't Alright, guys. Well, I got to head out to the Atlanta Legends game. I, we will have some have video fun. for the podcast next week uh, of the game. We can kind of awesome. talk about the fan experience, which will be kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, you guys be on the lookout for that next week. Be on the lookout for the podcast on Monday and the video on YouTube. Don't forget we have a YouTube channel, Immaculate Perceptions, and we will talk to you guys later.
2: Peace.